Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Hallelujah. All right. How many of you are looking forward to today's message? Some of you are wondering if it is some of you are wondering if it is a type of Indian cuisine or Mediterranean dish or a type of um, a new gadget. <laughs> Zafenef Pania. Let's all say that together. Zafnaf Pania. Zafnaf Pania. Let's say that together. One more time. Some of you can say, say it louder. Zafnaf Pania. <laughs> what kind of message is this? All right. When you, if you read the Bible, thank you, Jesus. If you read the Bible and you do not see Christ, you haven't read it. So I said it, I put it this way some time ago. When you read the Bible, put on your sunglasses. Not S-U-N glasses, but S-O-N. S-O-N glasses. You know, years ago I watched a certain movie. movie. I think it's called um, um, National Treasure or something like that. Steve Cage or something. Nicolas Cage, rather. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and you know, when they, they, there's a particular um, paper or graph they were supposed to be reading, or map, it's a map, they're supposed to be reading, but some things are coded in it. Freemason have coded some, so you can't see it with your naked eye. There's a special type of glass you have to wear, and go somewhere and take a, a special type of covering lens on the glass and then wear it and then you'll be able to read the map. So if you, or how many of you have watched, have seen that movie? Yeah. yeah. If, if you just look at the map, you, you'll be missing. you would think, oh, no, but behind the map is, we, or within and behind the map are other coded, encoded drawings. Hidden and veiled, you will never see it with your naked eyes unless you put on that special mesonic lens that will let you see what this map is saying, where to move. In the same way, if you read the Bible without the sun, S-O-N, Christ glasses, you won't see squat. It's just a mental exercise. A mental exercise, not a spiritual exercise. The Bible is not meant for our minds is meant for our hearts. Yeah. Mm. 
The Bible on your mind can't change you. It's the Bible in your heart that changes you and renews your mind and illuminates your mind such that, that's why Ephesians talks about by the, by the renew, sorry, uh, said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding, all right, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, other translation puts the eyes of your heart. Your mind is an aspect of your heart. So until you are born again, your, your mind cannot be illuminated to see the things of God. So this is how Jesus puts it in, in um, Matthew chapter 13, I think verse 11 or so. He says that to you, the mysteries of the kingdom are given. All right. He answered and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, uh, to them it has not been given. Some people can't know the mysteries. So can you imagine if you can't know the mysteries, it's not been given to you to know the mysteries, uh, mysteries, and you go and take the Bible and you are trying to do theology to really understand. People say, I've read the Bible, I've read the Quran, and I've made comparisons. Listen, listen, listen. To you, it's, it's mysteries. You can't know. So you'll be making all that noise. You don't actually, you, have not, you don't know the scriptures. Jesus said, you err not knowing the scriptures. Not knowing that. In fact, he said, he, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7 or so, he said, he who has ears, let him hear what the church, what the Spirit says to the churches, not to the masses. God's business is not to reveal things for people outside the church. So long as God is concerned, the little common sense he has given them should tell them there is God. Because in Romans chapter 1, he says that, all the, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being under Romans 1, 18 and 19, being understood by the things that are made. That's right. So if you look at the things that are made alone, it points you, God intentionally programmed himself, uh, understanding or revelation of himself. It says that, for since the creation of the world, his, talking about God's, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. It's not ambiguously seen or portrayed. Clearly seen. So the things that you see are actually reflective of God's invisible attributes. It's, it, it packaged in creation. So they are clearly seen. What? Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. You can't say that I don't know God exists. You can't say, when you look at your shoe, it points you to the fact that there must be a creator. There must be someone who makes stuff. A shoe, a bomb can fall in place and then shoes, nice dresses, and a big bank can create order. There's never any time where an, something order, organized system comes out of a bank. <laughs> All right. So, when you read the Bible and you don't put on the sunglasses, you will not see squat. Because in John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said that you search through the scriptures, thinking that in them. Said, Let's all read the other. Let's go. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which test. What do the scriptures do? Can you order the scriptures do? At the time, when he said you said through the scripture, all right, scriptures, he was talking about the Old Testament. 
because the New Testament was written after his death, burial, and resurrection, after the church was born. So he called the Old Testament scriptures one. And he says that you search through the scriptures and the Old Testaments are talking about me. So if you read the Old Testament and you don't see Jesus, you haven't actually read it. These are scribes and Pharisees, doctors of the law, teachers of the people. They were, they've been trained for most of their lives. They understood the law but the, and, and, the, and the text of the writings. They, they do research. They are specialist researchers in the, in, in the scripture. But they, they said, thinking that you are looking, thinking that you find eternal life. Where is it? And the thing is talking about me and I've come to me. I've come. And yet, you are looking for eternal life and the scripture is always talking about, the eternal life the scripture is talking about is me. And now I've come to you it's testify of me, go to the next verse, verse 40. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. The scripture is pointing, so you are going to Birmingham and the, the uh, sign is saying M1. M1. And you are not willing to go on the M1. How can you get to Birmingham? If that's the only route. Or, you know when you are... Your startup tells you turn right, you keep ignoring, you give you another chance, give you another chance. So the the startup is you say you want to be guided. He's guiding you, or he's guiding you, or guiding, guiding you, he's guiding you, and you are actually not complying with it because you are not interested in what the sadnav is telling you, and you are claiming this sadnav sadnav is not working. Why? He said. The scriptures are pointing. So when you read the scriptures, now, when he resurrected from the scriptures, uh, <laughs> sorry, from the dead, on the, road to, uh, on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, somewhere from verse 20, 21, 22, Bible says that he, I think 25, 26, somewhere there, he, Bible said, and from Moses, he began to explain to them all that was written concerning him. Verse 27, and beginning at Moses, let's say beginning at Moses. And all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning him. So beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them from the scriptures. He expounded, he expounded to them in, this, in all the scriptures, all, even the words, there, you, come, the words. The words, words, the letters were all pointing to Christ. If you don't wear the sunglasses, you won't find it. And so, from Moses, Moses epitomized or pointed to Christ in a certain way. Now, when you read the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 14, this is a very important text, so I want us to read read it together. Romans chapter 5 verse 14. Are you ready to read it out? Please, let's go. Let's read it out loud. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. What was Adam? I can't hear you. Who is the him who was to come talking about? Him is capital. So Adam was a type. When you read the King James, it says he was a figure. The Greek word translated sounds like, like, like tupos. T-U-P-O-S or so. 
It's like a figure, it's a manner, like manner, manner, sorry. It's like a, 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 an example. So when you see the word type, okay, give us the uh, amplifier, let's see how I push it. It says that, yeah, that, uh, okay, um, um, Adam was a type, a prefigure. That was a prefigure, something that is figuring something that is supposed to be coming afterwards. So pre, sure, this is how it's going to be like. You know, um, what's it called when, they, when you go to the bank or some shop, they have sample types of money. Samples, no, specimen. So it's like the government has, is about to release 100 pound notes and then it shows a specimen, it's not the original. All right, so you, everything about the 100 pound note, the size and everything, you can tell from the specimen. So Adam was a type of Christ who is coming. So there are, there are ways you, should look, you can look at Adam and there is reflection of Christ within Adam. When you look at Adam, you should be able to see Christ into a certain extent, not in the sinning, but in what way? The way one man sinned against God and all of us were plunged into sin without having to sin. Whether you sin or not, you, you became a sinner because of Adam. In the same way, another type of Adam came where you don't have to do anything good first. When you come into him, God sees you as righteous. So if, that's a, Romans chapter 5, it says that, look, look at verse 19. If by one man's sin, for if by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, see that man, the second man is... Uh, uh, Christ. By one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So you are not made righteous in the sight of God because of your obedience, but because of his obedience. And when you come into him, his obedience covers you. That's the Christian story. The Christian message is not about do good and God will accept you. It's about come in Christ and God will accept you in Christ and empower you to live the way you want to live. You should live. That's a Christian message. So in, the, in Christianity, justification goes before sanctification. In other religions, you have to sanctify yourself, behave well before you can be justified. Christianity, you'll be justified and empowered to behave well. In Christianity, in Christianity, in Christianity, watch this, watch this, watch this. I have so much to say there. In Christianity, duty does not go before doctrine. Doctrine goes before duty. In Christianity, salvation goes before works. In other religions, works go before salvation. God saves you first before he expects you to behave a certain way. Patricia, are you getting it? God saves you first before he expects you to. That's why when we go preaching, some people say, I can't stop this. You know, when you talk about Christianity, the, the first, that's what the organized religion has made Christianity to look like. So when you mention Christ, they are thinking about laws, Ten Commandments. What's God's Ten Commandments? It's Christ. All the commandments are summed up in Christ. When you are in Christ, he has met all the commandments which you can meet. And he, he, good, he gives you his righteousness. He slaps it on you. So that is how, in the way Adam is like Christ. Uh, that's not actually mine. Adam is like Christ. And not only Adam. Bible talks about Abel. Abel, even though he's dead, yet he speaks. His blood is speaking. 
Who else's blood has been speaking in the Bible we know? It's the blood of Jesus. The only difference is that Jesus Christ speaks better things than that of Abel. So in a certain sense, Abel was like Christ. In what sense? He was murdered by a brother. Wow. He, he, was, he, he was faultless. He hadn't done anything wrong. Jealousy and hatred made them kill him. Made uh, Cain kill him. In the same way, Jesus was innocent, but he was killed. And the innocent blood always spoke. So Abel's blood started speaking, and Jesus' blood also speaks. To the extent that in the New Testament, the only one the Bible actually calls, use the word righteous for, is Abel. In Matthew chapter 23, I think verse 33, 34 somewhere, he said, from the blood of righteous Abel. And the only one the Bible has called in the New Testament righteous is Christ, the righteous one, the just one. Some translations use just, other translations use the blood of righteous Abel. And he said, you, you demanded the, um, the him, Pontius, I think Acts chapter 2, Pontius Pilate to give, uh, either, either Acts chapter 2 verse 20 downwards, or Acts chapter 4, 20 downwards, 24 downwards somewhere there. No, it's 20, Acts chapter 2 verse 23, 24 somewhere there. When Pilate wanted to put, uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 24, no, uh, 20, uh, let's go to 21. From 21, I uh, said, and uh, come to pass, cause the name of Lord Jesus, I say, 22, 22, uh, Israel, this was uh, the miracle of, uh, all right, 23, uh, talks about lawless hands, uh, and you put to death. Yeah, go ahead, the next, uh, and then you, it's not possible, okay, that's not the one. It's where it spoke about you, I think chapter 24, possibly, Acts chapter, chapter four, and it's not part of my main text, so. Where it says that you, you, uh, you, um, you exchange the righteous one for a lawless man. You demanded Pilate to give, him, give you the lawless one in exchange for the righteous one. So Jesus was, is called in scriptures the righteous one. Abel is called in scripture the righteous one. So Abel is a type of Christ. When I say type, I hope you understand that. He, he prefigures Christ. He, he, he typifies that's the actual theological word. He is a type of him, so he typifies him. You can look at Abel and be able to tell. Another one in the Bible who typifies Christ is Noah. I spoke about Noah. How it took Noah for the, to bring us through the waters into a new land. Noah was the way. Another one who typified Christ, I like this one. I know, I know you two like him, is Isaac. In what way? The only son of his father who was given as a sacrifice. But on that mountain, he wasn't the one who died. It was the Lamb of God who died. On that mountain of, of Golgotha, when Jesus was died, he was crucified, but he didn't die as the Son of God. He died as the Lamb of God. Isaac was the only begotten of his father, the only son he loved, Jesus Christ. So Isaac typified Christ. But then it brings me to one of the, Moses also typified Christ, David, and there are different ones. And one of the big ones is the tabernacle, or the lamb for the Passover. These are all figures of Christ. But the major one that I want to talk about this morning is Joseph. Joseph, someone say Joseph. Joseph. Say Joseph. In, in what way did Joseph look like Christ? In what way? Several ways. I can give you about 12, I have written here about 12 different ways, but because of my time, I have to end up on the main one. So I won't elaborate on any of them, but I'll just mention it. For those of you who are familiar with texts of scripture, you may know. In the first time, uh, if, uh, uh, first of all, Joseph was a shepherd. Genesis 37 verse two. 
Joseph was a shepherd, and you know Jesus is the shepherd. John chapter 10, he said, I am the, I'm the good shepherd. John chapter 10 from his 11 verse 1. John 10, 11, what does he say? Okay, it's on the screen anyway. He says that, I am the what? So Joseph was a shepherd, Jesus was a shepherd. Hallelujah. And um, he, was the be- he was the beloved of his father. Genesis 37, verse 3 and 4, his father loved him. How about Jesus? He said, this is my beloved son. In, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, and Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, a voice came from heaven. Matthew 3, 17, a voice came from heaven, and he said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. So Joseph was the beloved of his father. Jesus was the beloved of his, uh, of his father. How about this? Joseph was sent by his father to go and give food to his brothers. Hmm. Does that look like Jesus? Jesus was sent by God. John chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus was sent. In fact, it talks about why, how he came to his own, by his own did not receive. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of he who sent me. He was sent to his brothers. Jesus was sent to his brothers just as Joseph was sent to his, his brothers. Or let me put it this way. Joseph was sent to his brothers just as Jesus will be sent to his brothers. Hallelujah. And in several ways, number four or five? Oh, number four, you can't wait to hear this. His brothers hated him, persecuted and betrayed him. Mm. And what way did they betray him? Didn't they sell him? His brothers hated him. They persecuted him. Bible says in Genesis chapter 33, sorry, 37, that they hated him the more. <laughs> Genesis chapter 33, verse 5, and then verse 18, when they, 37, I'm sorry, not 33, 37. When they saw him coming, they said, there comes the dreamer. They conspired. They conspired to get rid of him. Oh, in my Bible studies, Pastor Charles, you know what I found out? Are you ready for this? I, I just want to chip, the, chip this in yes. because I don't think I'll have the chance to ever come back to this text. Um, I found out that Genesis chapter um, 37, look at verse 28. 27 to 28. Okay, tw- let's go to 27. Look at this. Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. That's talking about his brother. Their brother Joseph. Come, let us sell him up, and let not our hands be, let's not kill him. Let's rather sell him, for he is our brother and our flesh. He was sent to his brothers. It was his brothers. Listen, the most painful thing is for, thing is for your brother to sell you. Mm. Mm. Not, not, not your neighbors, but your brothers. They people, the same, the same blood you grew up with. They sold him. And it wasn't like they even dragged him and he was unconscious. They, he was Begging them, please, don't do this, please, don't do this. They said, take him. You know who they sold to? Mm. To who? Who is Ishmael? Magadagada. Ishmael, according to Genesis chapter 16, verse 15. Hey, I feel like preaching. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham named him the son who Agar bore Ishmael, the son of the flesh, the soul, the child of promise, the beloved child to the sons of the flesh. Be careful as you sell your pastor. Be careful. The things you say about your pastor, be careful. You may be selling a Joseph 
to Ishmaelites because of the convenience of your flesh and your feelings. Oh, have you finished what I was reading? Go, Genesis chapter 27. Look at, look at uh, 28. He said, said, then the Midianites traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Jacob up and lifted him out from the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Ah, the Midianites, who are the Midianites? Oh, you, but we have to find who is Media. Midian. You know you like the Midianites? Yes, you always talk about the Midianites. Genesis chapter 25. Mm-hmm. Some of you have never seen this before. I wish me too I was sitting in the congregation. Listen, oh, Gen- I said Genesis 25, which was that? Verse one and two. Let's all read it. Oh my, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Genesis 25, verse one and two. Let's go. Hey, Abraham, it's not only Sarah. He got another wife. Those of you who think his only child was Isaac. No, after 99, when the word of God hit his body. <laughs> after, after Sarah had a child, he said, who's next? <laughs> he wants to try me. I'll show you that now. God has visited me. I got the power. <laughs> See, verse two, verse two, Keturah. And she bore him Zimram, Jokshan, Medan, Median, One, two, three, four, five, six. From the woman, go back, verse one. From the woman, he took as a wife, Keturah. Kate, Kate. Ketu, Ketu, Ketu. But isn't it interesting, some of you never knew that Abraham had other children. Listen. And guess what? They sold Jacob, sorry, Joseph, to the Ishmaelites, Midianites and Ishmaelites. The people of the flesh. And guess what they did to him? They took him. Hey! Oh, I feel like preaching. They, they, I've not even gotten to Zaphana. They took him to Egypt. Egypt was a type of the world. The flesh will send you into Egypt. You fiery sister, fiery brother, you have been, you have successfully betrayed and sold your spiritual stance because of offense, your feeling, your fleshly desire. Me, I don't care. And you have ended up so worldly, you have become like Saul of Tarsus fighting the church. You are now in the world. Egypt is in scripture. Anytime you see Egypt, it's a type of the world. Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't go into Egypt. Anyway, so they sold him. Jesus too was betrayed by his brothers. And he was sold. Oh, didn't you know Jesus was sold? Yes, yes. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Matthew chapter 27, verse, verse, verse 9. Yes. Oh, so 20, yeah, verse 9. No, verse 50. No. Matthew 27, verse 50 something. 
He come, is it verse 9? And then uh, Jerusalem and took uh, 30, yeah, 30 pieces of silver, yeah, it's 50. And the value of him, that's the soul Jesus Christ. Actually, when you read 26 verse um, 15, 26 verse 15, thank God for the remembering, giving me the memory. What are you willing to give me? That's Judas negotiating for Jesus. What are you willing to give me if, uh, to, if I deliver him to you? And they counted 30 pieces of silver. silver. Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold. Who was sold? His own trusted people. His own trusted people. You see how Joseph was very much like Jesus? He's a major type of Jesus. Hallelujah. Should I continue? And number five, he was cast into prison. Joseph was cast into prison, but Jesus' own was not just prison, it was death. The prison of death. What was very funny about Jesus' death and uh, was Joseph's prison. How many of you remember what kind of prison he was? The the prison Joseph was put in, they put him in the prison where the king's criminals were kept. And we don't know how many criminals were there, but definitely, Joanna, we knew there were two. One was released back restored into glory, the other one was executed. Jesus Christ on the cross, he was condemned with two criminals. One was released into glory, the other one was condemned. Joseph, very much like Christ, because of time. (laughs) Number six, what I like was Joseph did not stay permanently in prison. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Bible says that the king sent for him. They told him, come. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and, and they brought him quickly out of what? The dun- not just prison, no, dungeon. And he shaved, changed. See, when you are going for an interview, please shave. Change, change your clothes before you come before Pharaoh, okay? Don't say it's God who is hiring. God is the one who opens the door. <laughs> God is the one who opens the door. So it doesn't matter how I look. No. Men look on the outside. So some of, some of you men or some of you ladies, possibly no one has showed interest because of the way you dress. I'm not saying people show interest just because of that, but possibly at least somebody too likes like something nice. <laughs> Don't say ask for me, it doesn't matter what, wherever. God, whatever God has given to me, he'll give to me. And he, he, your wig is here, and then natural hair is growing like um, buffa, buffalo, buffalo. <laughs> buffalo soldier. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Zafnef Pania. Ah, I have to finish this thing. Uh, are you guys after that at all? So, but Jesus didn't stay in the dungeon. Uh, well, sorry, Joseph didn't. The king sent out for him. How about Jesus? When they crucified him and buried him, he, uh, three days later, he resurrected. Jo- Acts chapter 2, verse 24. I like that one. Hey! I think it would be nice if we all read it from the screen. Is that okay? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Oh, don't. Let's all read. Let's go. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. 
It wasn't possible that Joseph should stay in prison. Time, maybe tomorrow I'll continue a few stuff about Joseph, but today I have to uh, uh, deliver the Zaphonath. All right, Joseph, why did God wait for? When he was sold, when he was a young man, around 17 years, and he went into Egypt, stayed in prison, someone who God was going to make a raised to become a prominent person. Why did it take God over? He was 30 years before God promoted him. Did you have to stay in all the, the, the prison for all this while? Sis, you may have to. You may have to. God is still working on you. The fact that you, you arrive church, people are getting testimony doesn't mean everything changes immediately for you. God is working on you. And sometimes you need to be prepared for your lifting. Amen. You need it. Some of us are going through certain financial training because of the financial wealth God is about to bring you into. Amen. Paul said, I have learned how to abase and how to abound. God will teach you both the ups and the downs. So that in whatever state you are, Paul said, I am content. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, 14, 12, 13, and 14, somewhere there. So God, God, God will teach you. He will take you. But the problem is that most of us abort the training program. Abort the training. Maybe the reason why you are not married is God is packaging you to be a wonderful wife. You have to go through some things to testarize you and prepare you because you are about to give birth to someone who will become a major wealth figure. Amen. So God is taking you through that. God waited. And secondly, Joseph had to be 30 because Jesus started his ministry at 30. So if he had been released from prison earlier, it was premature. And secondly, uh, thirdly, the priest, in those times, the priest to become, to start, the, uh, to enter into the office of a full priest, you must be 30. Um, an apprentice, 25. Soldier, 20. But priest, 30 and over. So Joseph couldn't just, he had to stay in prison from Potiphar's house. He went down to the dungeon, stayed there, was interpreting people's dreams, and yet his own was uninterpreted. But Bible says in Psalm 105 that when the time came, so I think Psalm 105 verse 19, Psalm 105 verse 19 talks about, uh, I like that text, that's it. Until the time his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Verse 20, and the, the king sent and released him, the ruler of the people let him free. But before then, they bound his feet with fetters. In fact, now, 17, said, 17 and 18 said they hurt his feet. Ah, is that all the process of greatness? What, look, look at this. 18, 18, 17, before 18, 17. He sent a man before the, what did he do? Oh, I can't hear you. What did he do? Ah, but they sold him. No, they were selling him, but God was sending him. It wasn't they who sent him, who sold him. They did sell with malicious intentions, but their malicious intentions were part of the program of God. His, he, God, sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Look at the next verse. They hurt his feet. God, why do you have to do this to me? God, they are hurting me. God, they are hurting me. God says, it's still the process. They can't kill you. They may hurt you, but they can't abort your destiny and they can't kill you. 
Because whatever the case, you are going to end up on the throne. Is that one here? Your feet is being hurt. You are going through things. Your feet is being hurt. Don't stop the process. Keep looking at God. There's so much I can say about Joseph. How his brothers, his brothers, his, one of his brothers um, called, um, um, not Reuben, Simon, Simon, went and, no, no, actually Judah, Judah, in Genesis chapter 38, verse 15, Judah, Judah, look at what Judah did. And Judah saw her and thought she was a harlot because she had covered herself, and Judah went and slept with the woman. They couldn't control their passions and their anger. Joseph, in the next, chap- the next chapter, verse 12, Potiphar's sophisticated wife gave him an offer. She caught him by, by his garment saying, lie with me, please. Come and have a feel of me, Joseph. And what did Joseph do? But he left his garment in her hands and fled and ran outside. His brothers were falling to their sexual and internal desires pressure. He was able to run away from it. His brothers had emotional issues. They hated him, couldn't control their emotions and got rid of him. Him, when his brothers show up, he remembered what they have done to him. He, the Bible said he held himself back. And he covered himself. He didn't show himself just so that God's plan can be fulfilled. I believe God is raising a Joseph here. I believe God is raising a Joseph here. Hey! And let me rush to this thing. So, uh, maybe I'll continue in what ways is like Christ. All right, I won't give you the text. Maybe I'll I'll throw a bit more light on it during the week. But, um, okay, so Jesus was raised from the dead. Seven. He was enthroned into authority. Joseph was enthroned into authority. How about Jesus? Bible says God has given him, uh, he said, it came in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go into the world and make disciples. In Acts chapter 2 verse 36, he says that God exalted him. Acts 2 36, I like that one. He said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know and uh, uh, know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. God exalted him. Joseph was exalted, was promoted. Eight, in, in receiving, uh, uh, he, he, he received, <laughs> I like this. this, this is where my message is coming up. <laughs> Genesis chapter 40, 41. Let's look, okay, I think now we are going to read. Let's look into our Bibles. Because this is where, if your Bible is yours, I'd like to underline because I'm about to end the message. Genesis chapter what? 41 verse what? I didn't tell you the verse. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just tell from verse 30. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. And, uh, and Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a man as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You, 
you shall be over my house. That's the promotion. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Don't forget what I just said. Only in regards to the throne will I be greater than you. You can put it on the screen, that's fine. Only in regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Verse 42 from your Bibles. And, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Jesus said, all power in heaven, all authority on earth, in heaven and on earth is given to me. Is it not the same? He was given authority to reign. Now watch this, watch this. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off. All right? Pharaoh did what? Oh, I can't hear you, are you sleeping? Pharaoh did what? And put it on Joseph's hand. Promotion starts. First thing he took his signet ring was the sign of rulership and authority. Those days, they used their signet ring to sign, to seal letters. It's a seal. The ring, it says, that's why when we marry, we exchange ring. It's a seal. My seal, this is not mine, it's my wife's seal on my hand that I belong to her. My own is on her fingers and it's my seal. Those of you who take your own off, it's my seal on her fingers that she belongs to me. All right, so most time when men find a woman attractive, in responsible societies, the first thing they check out is her fingers. Yes, yes, yes. Whether she belongs to, if they know she belongs to somebody, they just focus on other important things. If they realize she doesn't belong to anybody, they begin to be nice towards her. Hello, sister, where did, can we exchange numbers? Right. So, in fact, where I grew, I grew up, it is quite um, repugnant to all frowned upon to see a married woman or a married man not wearing the ring. It's socially unacceptable because you are misleading others that you are available. Meanwhile, you are not available. You belong to somebody. And when you go to the wedding, remember, have you ever seen a bride? This my ring is over. I mean, 14 years now, but it can come off. That tells you I don't put on weight. I'm, I'm not, I'm maybe, yes. <laughs> now, have you ever seen that? He said, what ring do you have to present to the woman or to yourself? They bring the ring. The man said, this is my ring. And then he puts it on his finger. <laughs> woman, you to do your own ring. <laughs> I'm about to say something. If you didn't put the ring there, mm. what gives you the right to take it off? Wow. What do you, you are disloyal. Let her take it off. Let him take it on because you gave him your finger and said, put it, it's a covenant, put it there. Don't be angry and out of your anger, I'm tired, I've taken it off. You didn't put it there, my girl, my, my man, my boy, you didn't put it there. You are, I can tell your fingers are ready for something to be put there. You dare not take it off by yourself. Your fingers are ready. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Anyway, let me not get into marriage. So the signet ring is a seal. When you see this, what does it mean? I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I saw one of the sisters, the host team, she was wearing the ring. She was not in a relationship. I saw her wearing a ring here on there. But later on, she had taken it off. I, know, I noticed, you have to, if you're a pastor, you have to, your eyes must be everywhere. What is this, this, what this guy So. Last week I was talking to somebody, she was wearing the ring on her index finger on the, left, on the right. That doesn't matter. A lady. 
I said, the ring is nice. I said, oh yeah, I bought it. I like it. I bought it and put it there. Thank God she didn't put it here. Because you tell people, stay away. Yeah. I belong to somebody. Why is it that you belong to somebody and you take your own off? You are 419. <laughs> because you are deceiving people. In, in uh, is it... Uh, Retail is called mis-selling. Yes, 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 yes. Huh? Trading standards will get hold of you. <laughs> All right, so it's a sign of sin. Now, guess what? Uh, Joseph, when he was brought to Pharaoh and Pharaoh was about to promote him, the first thing he did was give him a seal. When we got born again, the Bible says that he gave us the seal of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 30. Oh, sorry, verse 13, I'm sorry. And 4 verse 30. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. He says, in him you, were, uh, you, uh, in him, in him you also trusted after you, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having, be, having believed, you were what? Sealed with what? The Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit is the seal of God on your life that you belong to him permanently. Chapter 4 verse 30 says that, do not grieve, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So Joseph was given a signet ring which which was a reflection of the fact that you you are sealed. I have, you have my endorsement. So his, his rulership had the endorsement of the highest power in the land. Your sonship has the endorsement of God by giving you the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. When, when in, in, in Luke, I feel like preach, I have a lot to share, but after that, we are getting to something. Okay, all right. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 15, verse 22. Luke 15, 22. Luke 15, 22. Is someone learning something at all? Luke 15, 22 says that, but the father said, this is a brother God's son. The father said to his servant, bring out the best robes and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. When the prodigal son came back home, they gave him a robe and they put, all right, let's go to Genesis back. Genesis chapter 40, 41, verse 42. Did we get to 42? And Pharaoh took his signal ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed him with garments of fine linen and put a gold of chain around his neck. Now, because of the time, I won't comment on this. I'll comment on it tomorrow. I'll talk about the significance of the gap. Remember, it's not garment. Garments. And then gold chain around his neck. You want gold chain? I'm going to show you where, how this looks like us. Tomorrow at the prayer meeting. But today I have to finish on Japan prayer because I've got just five minutes. <laughs> it's the marriage thing that you, made, you guys made me talk about. <laughs> All right, so the next verse, verse 43. And he, and he had him ride in, this, uh, in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land. They made him ride over chariots. Joseph, that's Jesus. 
he wrote. And now, verse, where, verse 43, let me read it from my Bible because I'm, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer. Now we are in the New, New Year's Eve. Verse 44, Pharaoh also said to jo Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your command, uh, uh, I'm Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called, let's all read it together, let's go. And he gave him Hassan, and a daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land and them. Pharaoh gave him the name in his ascension to the throne, Zaphnaf, Zaphnaf, Panea. Zaphnaf Panea. What is the meaning of this and what has it got to do with us? Zaphnaf Panea. Three meanings. Three meanings. Number one. Now, in fact, in, in, in the Egyptian terms, some theologians believe that it could, the actual meaning is different, but then they actually believe that it, in, among the Egypt, Egyptians, it means God speaks and God they, God is. God is, God is. God is working. Joseph made them confess that God is working. But the actual meaning of Zaphnaf Panea, put it on the screen again. Zaphnaf Panea means, number one, three, three meanings. Number one is the revealer of secrets. The revealer of secrets. Number two, Zafnaf, uh, Zafnaf Panea means the savior of the world. And number three, sustainer of life. Who does this clearly depict? Now, when, that's why I took my time to talk to you about the tupos, types. The Greek word tupos, types, figures, examples, samples. That there are so many samples in text that when you read the Bible and you don't see Christ inside, you have missed it. Zaphna Panea is not just a name for Joseph, it's an actual representation of Christ. Joseph was a strong depiction of Christ as the savior of the world. As the revealer, in what way is Christ the revealer of secrets? Oh, come on, in Matthew chapter 13, from verse one to somewhere, verse 40 and over, or verse 50, I think so, he kept talking about parables. He said, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God. He was revealing, and he told his disciples that the people who are not inside, these things are encoded, they don't know. But to you who are with me, let me show you the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus is the one who came to reveal the things of God to us. He's a revealer of secrets. There are secrets. Ah! Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I hear, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Listen, listen. This is so strong. This is good. The secret of your destiny is in the church. Some of you, since you started coming to church, you realize how unwise you used to be. Say, 
Think about a few things. It's nice to see you. Think about a few things I said earlier on about our society, marriage, um, professionalism, women, the role of women in the family, role of men in the family, the negative impacts of the next generation on the next generation, and invariably, the further negative impact on the subsequent generation. How would you know this? It is not just by research. It's through the wisdom of God by the revealer of secrets. Many people have not realized that Satan is, is, has an agenda over this generation, over our land, United Kingdom, to take over with strange religions. To we say freedom of religion is changing. Oh. You haven't realized it. We boast in freedom of religion, human rights. It's changing. There are some places you can never go and speak about your religion freely in this yes. country. Yes. In London, you can't stand there and speak about your religion. Yes. You can't, not even to attack anybody. Just walk the whole Bible and say, Jesus is Lord. If we don't rise up. How would you know this? The revealer of secrets is waking us up. Is waking us up. It's Christ is the revealer of secrets. Some of you would have said yes or married or got into some bad contracts that would have dist destroyed your future. Thank God for the church. You were in church. Some of the things you don't just see it in the Bible, but as you expose yourself to Christ, suddenly it says that the spirit of truth, when it comes, he will tell you of things to come. He's a revealer of secrets. When we talk about Zaphonaphania, Jesus is the actual Zaphonaphania. Our Messiah, the savior of the world. In Acts chapter five, um, um, all right, let's rather stay on the chapter four. Acts chapter four, verse 13, it talks about there's no other name. Now when they saw the boldness of, okay, verse 12, sorry, let's go to the, from verse 11. Yeah, this is the story the builders rejected you, uh, rejected by, which was rejected by you builders, which had become the chief cornerstone. Go to the next verse. No, is there salvation anywhere? For there is no other name. No, uh, what's the meaning of no other name? No other name. No other name. The Bible is older than any book, and more copies, but no errors than any other book. The Quran came to meet the Bible. And the Bible is saying there's no other name. So if you come and introduce another name, you are a suspect. There's no other name under heaven given amongst men by which men must be saved. Jesus is the only savior of the world. Jesus is the only savior of the world. Those of us who have Jesus, do not think what you have is something small. Don't think because someone has more money possibly than you, you too have more money than somebody anyway. But don't think because someone has a better job than you or someone has a better opportunity than you, it makes your position in Christ not important. Don't think like that. When you have Christ, you have the best Never compromise your Christ for something else. When you've got Christ, you've got the best. I thought you'd be clapping for Jesus. He is the Savior. Shout, Jesus is the Savior. I mean, shout it, Jesus is my Savior. 
Say it again. Jesus is my savior. So he's the revealer of secret, the savior of the world, and I like the last one, the sustainer of life. John chapter six. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? John chapter six, verse 50. John chapter six. This is the bread which came down from heaven, but um, let me just make sure I get that last text very, very well so bad. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, 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 All right. So John chapter 60 verse 50. Let's just, let's look at it. It's okay. I'll I'll get it from there. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 50 and 51. What does it say? Let's all read it from the screen, please. Eat of it and not die. The next verse. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Now, he, is the source. he said, if you don't eat this, if you eat, the previous verse, verse 50, the bread which comes from heaven, that one may eat and be sustained. The sustainer of life. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't have Christ, your life is shaky. Your future is uncertain. I met a Muslim yesterday when we were reaching out to people. He said, anyway, nobody knows. He said, as for he doesn't know whether he can go to heaven or because no one knows because Satan fights all of us and keeps making us do things we don't need. And if you do all those things, you can't go to heaven. So we don't know. Now we can't fight Satan. I said, that is why Jesus came to give. He who the son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus said, when you are in me, your future. He said, in fact, Bible puts it this way. God has given us eternal life. First John chapter 5, verse 11. First John 5, 11. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. This, this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. That whosoever, first John chapter 5, verse 11. God has given us eternal life. What is the story? What is the message? And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Go to the next verse and see. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. What don't you understand about this? He's a sustainer of life. Any other thing can sustain you. Not money. No other religion, no, not, not fame, not sex. You know, some of us thought, especially as I men, think if I don't get this, I will die. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Listen, if you don't have Christ, you can have everything, money, holidays, um, fame, name it, whatever. You still don't have life. Your life is not sustainable, and your life is not sustained. He is the Zaphonaf Panea. Joseph reflected Jesus in so many ways, but the biggest of it is the fact that he is the savior of the world. He is the revealer of secrets, and he is the sustainer of life. He, Jesus, is the original Zaphonaf Panea. 
Jesus is the original Zafnav Pania. I said Jesus is the original Zafnav Pania. Why? Because he is the savior of the world. Why? Because he is the revealer of secrets. Why? Because he is the sustainer of life. So who is he? Who he is? Who is he? The original Zafnav Pania. And what is his name? G. What is his name? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. And anytime you call on Jesus, guess what? You are opening up yourself for revelation of secrets. Anytime you call on Jesus, you are opening up yourself for salvation. Anytime you call on Jesus, you are opening up yourself for sustenance. It, someone shout Jesus! For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus. The next time you shout Lord Jesus, this is what you should know. As you are shouting Lord Jesus, some revelation of secrets are coming. Some revelation of secrets are coming. Some understanding of complex issues are coming. Shout Jesus. Jesus. The next time you shout Jesus, this is what you should know. Your marriage is being saved. Your health is being saved. Your life is being saved. Your family is being saved. Shout Jesus! Anytime you shout Jesus, this is what you should know. That you are being preserved. Your life is being sustained. Your marriage is being sustained. Your health is being sustained. Your health is not deteriorating. Listen, they will tell you at a certain age, your health is meant to deteriorate. Who says so? When the original Zafnaf Pania is with you. Who says it? Your health is not deteriorating. Your health is meant to be sustained. Your kidneys will work very well. Your liver will work very well. Your brains will work very well. Your mind will work very well. Your organs will work very well. Why? Because the original Zephyrneth Panea is saving your life. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Brothers and sisters, calling Lord Jesus is not just a religious cliche, platitude, or jargon and sounds and making sound. No, but it's a spiritual key. Magada, Magada, Gada, Gada, Gada. Listen, I, I know nowadays we have keyless entry, but there's nothing like keyless entry. There's nothing. You don't have to use the key, but you need the key on you. You need the key on you. The fact that the key is in your pocket gives you authorization for you to enter the car. The fact that Jesus is in your mouth, the word Jesus, is a key to your salvation. It's a key to your sustenance. It's a key to the revelation of secrets. Someone shout, Lord Jesus! Call on the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. 
making noise. Uh, please, please listen. Even if you take my keys, if I have a keyless entry, and you go into my car, and you step on the brake, and I accidentally press the start, the car will start. Why? You didn't intend to start it, but the key was with you. The key, there was a time we were going outreach, and we we're going to pray over the bridges. And one of our sisters, she had just had her car, and the car was keyless entry. But guess what? We tried to close the car. She has the key in her back. She locked it. The car said, I won't lock. Lock the car. We did everything. It took about 30 minutes. Because we couldn't leave the car in the night around Waterloo. Couldn't leave it, by the, leave it by the roadside. You remember that day? We tried everything. We tried everything. We tried everything. The car would not lock, even though the key was in her bag. Normally, it should lock. Even just by a touch, it should lock. Or by pressing the knob on the key, it should lock. The car would not lock. We tried everything. Guess what? Later on, we found out that in her boot, the spare key was in the boot. And as long as that key was in the car, the car would not lock from outside. As, Minister Johnson, as long as, the, I, I know you have never repeated that mistake again, never. As long as the car keys were in the car, anywhere within the car, there's no way anybody can lock the car from outside. Why? Accidentally, you apply the key and the key is working. Even though sometimes you may be confused, sometimes you may be worried, if you can, even by accident, call on the name. Call on the name. Call on the name. on the name for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved I need you to call the name like you believe in Jesus he is the original Zaphnath Panea he is the original Zaphnath Panea as you call him you are engaging the salvation power as you call him you are engaging the revelations of secrets as you call him you are engaging his sustaining power for whoever shall call he didn't say whoever any good person he said whoever do i have a whoever in the house is there a whoever in the house is there a whoever in the house whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Scream, Lord Jesus. Scream, Lord Jesus. Scream, Lord Jesus. Scream, Lord Jesus. As you call on his name, consider anything in your life that needs sustenance. Maybe your marriage is about breaking down, but Jesus, when you call on his name, he will sustain. He will sustain the life of your marriage. Maybe your health is going down. Maybe financially, thing, everything seems to be falling apart. Maybe in your, in, in your relations with your children, things are going haywire. Maybe in your relation with your wife, 
or your husband. Things are out of control. Maybe in your profession, maybe in your career, maybe in your studies, maybe in your education, maybe in your business. Things are beginning to fall apart. But as you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, please remember, he is the revealer of secrets. There is something that you don't know, which you are about to get to know. Hey, Ah, there is something that has been hidden from you, but you need to know for your next stage. As you call his name, see that he's delivering it to you. As you call the name of Jesus, remember that he's going to save your life. He's going to save your marriage. He's going to save your health. He's going to save your family. He's going to save your, your relations. He's going to save your children. He's going to save your education. He's going to save your house. He's going to save your situation. Ah, for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to scream it a very loud so saying it. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Screaming Lord Jesus. As you are screaming it, you are applying the key. You are applying the master key. His name is the master key. He said, silver and gold have an arm, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of the Lord Jesus. Rise up and walk. When you apply the name, demons bow. When you apply the name, situations change. When you call on the name, heaven comes down. When you call on the name, Satan backs off. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall Lord Jesus lift up your two hands with faith in your heart. Blind Bartimaeus, he said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thou son of David, have mercy on me. People said, keep quiet, but he shouted the name the more. Your deliverance is in your shouting of the name because he is the original Zaphnaphania. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You want to call him by faith. Don't worry about the complexity of the situation. Don't worry, don't worry about the confusing nature of your problem. Are you ready to call on his name? If you can call on his name, you shall be saved. If you can call on his name, the secret will be revealed to you. If you can call on his name, your life will be sustained. When we call, please have your miracle on your mind. When we call, please have your situation on your mind. And as you call, I want you to scream it in a sustained fashion. Don't be gentle. If you feel like jumping, jump. If you feel like running, run. But make sure you are calling on the name. Are you ready? Lift up your two hands. Lift up your two hands. Get ready to scream the name. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved.
Joseph was a type, anti-type, a foreshadow, a prefigure of the original Zaphonef Pania by meaning. I wouldn't like to end the service without getting the opportunity to pray for someone very important here who God has been speaking to and you, are, you can just tell that you have come to the point where God is going to have his way in your life. You've come to the point where you are going to say that, Lord, I am ready. I surrender. It's not based on my strength or my good works, but based on your good works. I surrender my life. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and personal Savior. I've lived my own life. I've not lived to please you, but from today, I am ready. Please come into my life. I'm ready to give my life to you, Jesus. I'm ready to invite you to be my Lord and have, be my Savior and reign in my life. Be the revealer of secrets and the one who sustains my life. I've tried different things, but I acknowledge you are the only one who can help me and I want to invite you into my life. If that is your genuine prayer, if you are here and it's your genuine prayer, say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you, but I believe you are my savior. You are the revealer of my secrets and you are the sustainer of my life. You died on the cross to save me. Please forgive me. Wash me with your blood from my sins. From today, I make a commitment. I will serve you. I will love you. I will withhold nothing from you. Take my life and let it be consecrated to you. Thank you for what you have done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for my precious brothers and sister here. They heard your voice and they responded to you who are the revealer of secrets, the savior of lives, sustainer of lives. Thank you. I pray for them. Help them to grow strong in you and serve fervently and favorably in their destiny. I bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen.